Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 135. Today my guest is Tori Seiler from Butler Machinery here in Kearney, Nebraska. So, Tori, how are you doing today, bud? Not too bad, Casey. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for being on the show and uh, look forward to learning about what you see happening in your neck of the woods. There's plenty of stuff going on right now. Take a look at what's happening out there, especially where you're at. Um, you guys gotten plenty of rain. Not that we haven't gotten any out here on this side of the state either, but um, we survived a, another snowstorm again here, which shocks me. My kids went to school on the last day of school, and during it's during the snowstorm. Black amazes me. But I, I, I heard that. Well, uh, one of our guys up at Shattern was sending Snapchats, no. and they're deep snow. Yeah, Holy they cow. they got some snow up there, and like. You get over by Gordon, up by Valentine, north along the South Dakota border. They got like a 15 inches of snow up there, 18 inches of snow. I mean, it's just crazy what it was. Nuts. Well, I was just complaining to my wife last night that I shouldn't have my heater on to be in the May. <laughs> right. No kidding. Yeah, had a jacket on and everything. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird batch of weather we have going on right now. And you take a look at what's happening and how that's affecting planning pro- progress and those kind of things, you know, Talk a little bit about what's happened in your area and, 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 and kind of what's the reaction to the growers out, out in your area. Well, um, around here, say, say my office is based out of Kearney and I, you know, you know, spent a lot of time in the, you know, four or five counties around there. Um, you know, the other day I was driving, driving into the store, just started counting fields that had been planted or hadn't been in, you know, in the little survey I did, it was like nine out of 10 were planted and, and I think that, so I'd say we're probably, at least on the corn side, we're probably 85, 90% planted down here, but that's, don't take that to the bank, but there's a, um, so I think guys are feeling pretty good about it, you know, early on with, uh, uh, I mean, some of the stuff that was planted, you know, a month ago and the stuff that was planted a week ago came up at the same time, which I think ha- had a lot of guys pretty right. nervous, but right. I think there's going to be yeah. a, a little bit mm-hmm. of replant because of that but uh i don't think there'll be much if any privet plant around here um but I, I think i think for the most part the corns and you know beans you can you can fudge it a little bit more so yep okay so with with all that being said so what what's the overall temperature at now of of the grower you know we take a look here i got my morning alert up here and, and you just look at what's on the board um you know uh uh corn right now is doing its its crazy thing you know july corn's at 395 and december corn's at what uh 413 and a quarter that was back at 630 this morning um you know it, it's all over the place you know things are actually turning around but what's the overall temperature of your of your uh of your growers right now and what what do you see happening out there are they starting to kind of perk up a little bit now that they've kind of made their planning progress and they're kind of in a decent spot or What's the, what's the feel for what you see happening out there? Um, fair to partly cloudy. Right. Okay. Um, 
I, I think it's, you know, here, here as of late, you know, last two weeks, 10 days, it's been a fairly positive, you know, anytime we, we see green numbers on the board, I think, I think guys get excited, but you know, was it two months ago when we lost 30 some cents or whatever it was that was that, well, we're, we're done for the year, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's been pretty good. There's been a lot of, you know, a lot more activity, especially since with the planning season we had with, you know, the window was even smaller than it's ever been. Uh, so a guy has been looking at updating, update machinery for next year. Um, I think it has them looking ahead. It's probably just maybe the perfect combination of, you know, uh, less than desirable planning season plus a little bit higher market. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's looking better all the time, but I, you know, but everybody I think still has that, uh, premonition that it can, <laughs> it can change pretty quick. Um, but it seems like a lot of guys are getting their, getting their orders in on the, on the marketing side and, uh, you know, at least, at least, uh, getting some guaranteed dollars for this fall. So there's definitely a, a feel out there where there's some apprehension obviously because we've been through this once before right about this time last year we hit that four dollar mark and everybody was like oh good we're we're fine turn the corner and it went backwards about 30 cents and then we kind of hovered around that 370 375 range on the board Mm -hmm. and and then uh you know here we do it again but we we gained 50 cents in the last two weeks i think maybe something like that and so you know i think guys right now are so focused on what's going on in their fields right now and getting their stuff planted so they can get that 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 rise in the in the price and start you know forward contracting some stuff and those kind of things that there is some some little bit little bit of of, of play out there so your 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 crop mix out where you're at right now is that just pretty much corn and beans or is there is there what, what all is made up for what you're at right now uh i majority corn and beans there's you know very you know a dabble of wheat here and there got some potatoes i mean i some as in one 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 farm that grows them but for the most part you know corn and beans corn and beans yep so you're you're large you know just straight up real crop country all the stuff that you have going with with all the different tariff right, deals and right. stuff like that so you have a, plur- a pretty uh pretty good fix on what's going on there so if you take a look at here this week we got the we had the uh the U, what is it called? USMCA or whatever it is that took over NAFTA. And that thing got finalized, uh, or at least agreed upon, not anyway. Still got to ratify everything and get it all signed and all that fun stuff. Had a pretty good run um, with with Japan on getting US beef over there, which hadn't been there for a while. So there, there's going to be some stuff there. But as you look across that, it, how do you think that's going, I guess, moving forward through spring and you start looking at what's going on in um, the fields and in some anticipation of some of some cash out there? Are your farmers still, are they still thinking, you know, hey, you know what, I'm going to kind of wait and see till after harvest and maybe start making some moves? Or are some guys coming to the table now saying, hey, I want to get a new combine or I want to get a new tractor or whatever? Um, a little bit of both. Uh I think that, you know, the guys that, that understand the, you know, the, the early order stuff, you know, coming up, I think everybody's early order on planners are coming up. Um, so that, that's really been, been, uh, uh, picking up here lately. Uh, so, and I, 
I think guys are uh, like like I was saying with the type of planning season they had. Either they want to add rows or add speed or whatever. So they're they're really really um, and having having the precision planning offering on our on our on our planners is really really kind of jump started that for me anyways right now but uh but then there are the guys that you know they 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 got to have it in the bin first before they before they or their bankers uh will want to start talking about uh machinery yeah yeah i know that song and dance yeah definitely know that song and dance so let's talk about those planners for a minute because like you said this this is the time of year when when eops for planners start rolling through and uh what what is your planner market look right now? Is it you have more guys that are looking at maybe downsizing rows and getting faster, or just getting bigger and faster? Really, nobody that I've I've talked with yet has wanted to downsize and you know and speed up. They've all either wanted to add rows or just add add the technology or the horsepower, I guess, um, to be able to go a little faster. Um, but yeah, a lot of. Well, and I think I think there's probably pockets out in out near neck of the woods where there's a lot of mounted planters with the gravity irrigation, and um, some of that's starting to go away. So guys are uh, either looking to get into a drawn planter, or they're uh, uh, or they're wanting a a, a, a a wider mounted planter, you know, a sixteen row. So that's what we're seeing too. I really thought when the, the high speed technology came in. To effect that, that you would start seeing guys that would say, you know what, I can do the same amount of stuff now with my 16 row that I could with the 24 row because I can go, you know, five mile an hour faster or whatever. Um, it really hasn't hasn't affected the size of planters. It's really it's really been no. it's been surprising. I really thought that would be a uh, there would be some of that conversation anyway, whether it happened or not. But there at least be just some conversation about it, and it's not been that way. So it's been a uh, uh, it's been one of those things where guys, we actually had a guy that went from a 24 row to a 36 row and, and didn't have the exact emerge and added the exact emerge on, on, on that plan so he could get bigger and faster. So I was like, man, that's, that's kind of completely backwards of what I thought it would, that it would do. But that, that planner technology has really come a long ways in the last five years. So when you, uh, when you're talking about planners with your, with your producers, um, what is the what's the one thing they always gravitate to when, when they're talking about those planters? Um, well, anymore, uh, it's got to be bulk fill, you know. And but the the real real big thing is the the delta force, uh, you know, the hydraulic downforce on the precision side, and then um, you know have a little bit of interest in like the high speed, the speed tubes, but. Uh, but it usually the del- the delta force is is really what gets guys going. But then the, the electric drives too. You know, they I don't I think a lot of guys if they could if they could uh, throw their shafts and everything else and and the cable drives and in, in the dumpster they would right now. So that's the same thing for I think when I look at at the planter market in my area and then you start looking you know nationwide the high speed planter thing even though they're they're expensive. There's no doubt about it. They're expensive planners. But take a look at the situation in right now. When you got seven days to plant in between two weeks of rain on both sides of that, you have you've got to go. And I, I think that's the one thing, even more than than you know the seed placement and and you know 
even pressure across the <clears throat> across all the things electric drives where each drive can do kind of its own thing and all that that's all important the agronomic side of it and, and guys are gravitating towards that because they're seeing the emergence and the so on and so forth but they're also thinking about i can go eight miles an hour ten miles an hour and this planter i got out here is you know four to five or maybe six miles an hour and they're thinking about the number of acres you do. You, you want, you're on Twitter. You see those monitors out there where those guys are showing 120 acres an hour that they're planting and stuff like that. You know, sooner, I mean, the biggest thing is on these planters is that you run into, yeah, you might be able to technically plant 120 acres an hour, but can you keep it full long enough to go out and do that? You know, and that's that's the uh, that's the hard part with these planters now. Yeah. Well, and it takes a takes a mile to turn it around oh yeah yeah <laughs> yep then you run the whole another thing the whole support side of it you know i mean you gotta have bigger tenders and bigger you know this that and the other thing and just the, the amount of stuff to keep those things rolling keep them fed how many guys you have out there right now that are that are sitting there talking about um pulling maybe like a like a commodity card or a a, a bigger fertilizer tank behind it to just so they can go longer um Nothing really on the like on the air cart side, the commodity cart side, but um, there's there's a few guys that are in the area that that'll that'll drill, uh, you know, use an air drill to put in their beans. But uh, most of those guys like the like the uh, uh, central commodity systems. But um, on the planter side, I the with with the, going back to what I said earlier with the gravity you know, where everybody's always been used to carrying, you know, as much as they can on the tractor, you know, whether that's 500 or a thousand or 1200 or God forbid, 1600 gallon, um, which you do see. And I think that makes, that's what keeps engineers up at night. <laughs> uh, uh, so nobody's really pulling pulling carts anyways, but there, there are some, and you know, you get the, the guy that, you know, efficiency is key. And, you know, if he can, if he can tote around 3000 gallons with him, he will. But, but there's very few of those guys that, that I've seen anyways. Um, and, and I think that's just the nature of the, of the 12 and 16 row mounted planter market that we have around here for the most part. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, we had a guy do that on a, on a nine RX put a, I think I can't remember if it was 500 or a thousand gallon tanks on all four corners all the way around it. So he could, he could halt when he was strip tilling, he could, he could put 2000 or 4,000 gallons with him wherever he went. So it was pretty impressive when they got it done. There's just enough room to get up the ladder and get into the cab and once you around it. So it was, it was pretty, pretty neat deal. <clears throat> so let's talk about this now. So we're taking a look at what's happening out there. Combines are always something that are on my mind because they're, I don't care if the times are good or times are bad they're, they seem to be an issue, whether it's if times are down a little bit, you have a hard time selling new ones. If times are good, you have a hard time selling used ones. So where you're at right now, um, what's a combine market look for you and in, in, in your area? And kind of is there a is there a move to get to the the bigger class of combine and, and bigger heads? Or, or is it is it still a, a 12 row market out where you're at? Well, speaking for myself, I, you know, I haven't sold a whole lot of combines. Um been more on the tractor and planter side but um uh i do think you know uh talking to customers that that traditional class six or class seven guy is is eyeballing a class 80 yep um uh, 
you know, but then just like you said, just like with the planting side, which I never thought of it that way on the planting that, you know, more tenders, more, more uh, fertilizer, but yeah, the next, well, if I do that, then I need another auger wagon. I need another semi, you know, so they're, they're kind of weighing those, uh, the weighing all those things where you, you, it never fails. You'll any, you can drive anywhere during harvest and you'll see a, a combine sitting full in the middle of the field, two grain carts full and three trucks full. And they're, you know, <laughs> still waiting on, sit, waiting on an empty truck, you know? So, uh, so I think that kind of, kind of keeps that in check, but I think still, uh, the class eight class eight combine probably start slowly starting to take over yep that's what we're seeing too i mean you, you take a look at um you know i track a lot of data and you, and you look across the across the landscape and <clears throat> just speaking for the john deere side of the business um the class uh seven combine obviously there's still quite a few of those out there because of 12 13 and 14 you know they made a ton of everything and that was pretty much the standard you know the 9770 rolled into the s670 and and uh it wasn't really till they got to the class 8 you know s680 kind of idea started two years after the fact where there's more people gravitating towards that and then when they introduced the 16 row head then you really got into some into some serious uh uh, looking at the at the Class Eight Combine, so for us, the Class Eight Combine, and I think this is a, a nationwide thing, irregardless of of what of what color you're you're selling. Um, the Class Eight Combine definitely is a uh, is definitely a transition point right now. When you have um, when you're looking out right there and you're and you're seeing what's going on, what what's the uh, in your area? Are, is there a pretty, I don't want to put this, is there a, uh, is there a lot of farm consolidation going on right now? Is there a lot of guys that are, that are retiring, getting out, you know, maybe not enough to have son and daughter come back to the farm type of deal? Is there, is there a lot of growth right now amongst your farmers? Um, I think more and more of it all the time. Um, uh, you know, I just like this last winter it just seemed like there was every day the local local uh, land brokers had that had a auction. different piece of land for sale. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. in the you know Adams Hall County area, Buffalo yep. Kearney County, there's always seemed like there's always a piece of ground for sale where and you know drive anywhere in, in the the countryside here and you'll find a find a for sale sign on a piece of ground where it seemed like when I first moved up here in college, you never saw that. So, um, I kind of a sign of the times, maybe a little bit, but, um, I haven't, I haven't recently knocked on anybody's door that said, well, I, I quit. I rent, rent all my ground, but I have had those conversations. Right. So <clears throat> take a look at the auction market. You know, we, we talk about that a lot here. That's a key indicator for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. That's a key indicator when you are, uh, looking at what's going on in the, uh, overall grand scheme of the market. So, what's the do you have a lot of auctions happen in your area do you have do you have a good feel for what that what that feels like out there is it is there's a lot of late model low hour stuff happening out there or is it your typical 20 30 year old stuff guy retirement sale type things um i think there there's a little bit of both uh i do have a lot of you know it, it seems like 
where I see it is I'll be dealing on PC use machinery and, and my competitor is the yarn or auction time or, right. or whoever. Um, so that's, that's where I see it the most. And, um, a lot of it is that, you know, uh, second and third order, you know, thousand to 2000 hour machine is where I see, you know, where I interact with the auctions the most is where, um, whether it's a sprayer or a, or a tractor or combine, whatever. The auction that, that, that is still a, it's amazing how much the, uh, the consumer has gravitated towards the auction market compared to what it was five or six years ago. I mean, that was, that was never even a topic on the, on the table. We used auctions as a measuring stick and not necessarily as a, uh, as a, as a conversation point, you know? So now it's, it's, it's amazing how that's switched around and, and the, uh, the comfort, I guess, of, of, uh, the overall consumer, I guess, wanting to be into uh, using using the uh, auction and buying that side and scene stuff. The internet's kind of made things a, a small world. All right, man. So let's talk about this. We're we're uh, coming out of the uh, the plant cycle here. We're looking at a bunch of different stuff going on there. Let's talk about real crop tractors. So when you look at your real crop tractor marketplace, um, where where you see some strength there, and what are some what are some of your concerns, I guess, with uh, with with, with uh, the real crop tractor market, I guess the strength is that we've got a lot of a lot of interest in in like our our thousand series tractor. Um, although it is a big tractor, um, it is just big. Even at even at a three hundred ninety six horse, it's a big chassis. So a um, lot of excitement about that. Um, what might may or may not be coming down the pipeline following that, but uh, the 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 issue is the use side you know looking at tractor you know looking at trading in tractors with five six thousand hours right so it's quite the you know guys have had to hold off on their upgrades for a while you know you know talked to a guy recently looking at trading tractors and uh you know he usually would have traded every three two three years maybe four years and now i mean they're on year eight or nine on this tractor it's you know so that's where i think it's i i you know here you guys talk a lot about there's a big big gap between the ultra low hour and the high hour in it you know and i i think i would consider probably four to five thousand hours getting in that high hour market you know and you know finding that the guy to buy that tractor might be tough now whereas if it had two thousand hours you know that no sweat so yeah yeah there's been a uh you know you take a look at what I, like again i track those those uh machines by hour segment so i can kind of see where where everything's kind of falling into and how many what the hour range is of of certain machines and what kind of where they fall into and how what's the count just not necessarily what the what the model is but what the count is right and <clears throat> you, you kind of watch that graph and it starts out kind of low like this and it peaks way up at about 1500 hours and it gets way high at about 2500 3000 hours and it starts coming down the other side well on the other side of that is 6000 hours right there's a huge mass of machines between about 2500 and 6000 hours and there's a uh, and it all kind of goes back to what you just said you know you, you these guys were strapped for a little while and and most of those machines are one owner machines or two owner machines and and they should have been a five owner machine based on what we saw the last the last five years so um it's really kind of put a whether it's a combine 
or a sprayer or whatever it is, they all have that bulge, right? And in whatever hour range they're at, and that that's the that's the one part that that I'm worried about is that you have these folks coming in, they're trading in their piece of equipment, and they've got five six thousand hours on their tractor. Well, they they've had those that machine for that long, and they're, what they want to trade from is that five thousand six thousand hour tractor down to five hundred or a thousand or fifteen hundred, and there's just not that many of them out there, and that that's uh, the premium, I think, between those two machines are there. What I'm really worried about is in that bulge area like that, as we move through the end of the year, and and assuming that my prediction of 450 corn by, by harvest is right, um, and guys have some cash going into 2020, I, I really feel like that's going to be a, a, a bubble that's going to pop, and, and how that affects the, the overall market when that stuff starts hitting the auction block in, in mass uh is a bit of war is a war something I'm worried about. So, you were given that much thought. Have you thought about that at all, and, and how you think that might affect your business? You know, I I have. Uh, you know, I uh, a big part of our uh, you know our business in North and South Dakota. I think now I'm getting outside of my my area of expertise, but a lot of a lot of high horsepower twin track tractors, and I think a lot of those things have a lot of hours on them, and probably. A lot of guys would like to update so i could see that maybe being a uh maybe being an issue towards the end of the year i suppose uh, uh you know dusty are you oh, yeah. he could probably yeah, speak to well. that a little yeah. better um and and maybe he agrees with me maybe he doesn't but um you know those, those are when those tractors are new they're expensive guys want to run them a while and if, if they have to they will but so that i could uh it, it seemed like there for a while we couldn't we couldn't buy a thousand hour you know five hundred horse twin track tractor mm -hmm. you know yep. uh, let alone trade for one yep but yeah. uh, so and and of course I don't, I don't have much business selling those tractors down here but um, that I guess just an example um, but I do see as as guys are wanting to you know update front wheel assist tractors that that we will probably you know. There's not going to be very many thousand two two thousand hour trades in there. There, there are a lot of them going to be this five six thousand hour. And yeah, and that that's what I'm worried about because everyone's trading in the same thing and they all want the other side, which is great. You know, they all want that late model low hour piece of equipment, which is awesome. It helps the trade cycle in your and your you know your turn and all that kind of stuff. What I'm worried about is they're just adding to the pile over here of, of who you're going to find to buy that other that that higher hour piece of equipment and. That's why I'm I'm worried about what's going to happen this fall when you start looking at, you know, aged, fifteen hundred hour, two thousand hour combines. Well, I think, I think the 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 tough pill to swallow is you might have to, you know, and it, it's easy easier said than done. Is you know, put take take the emotion out of the deal and, and stick stick to your numbers and. Um, I don't know. It's it's not always worth having a having a a trade that getting getting the deal isn't always worth the, the outcome. I guess uh, some um, truth to that. Yeah, I don't you know I don't speak for everyone, but uh, I don't I don't pers personally like looking looking at a trade that I've had for eighteen twenty four months sitting on the lot. You know, right? Yeah, I'd rather see that thing disappear within you know the, at least the first year. You know. yeah, that's some expensive yard art. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely big true. old paperweight out there. And <laughs> right. you, you, yeah. you start getting into the combines and planters and 
sprayers and you got, you know, for lack of a better term, lot rot. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never want to see a machine like that sit more than 12 months. So Yeah, that's a struggle to make sure that that stuff moves because it's uh, interest expense and everything else that's out there on top of that. And it's amazing how fast they uh, they kind of deteriorate, like your lot rot example there. I mean, they can sit there and a lot of things can break without them going anywhere. So it's it's uh, batteries get expensive when they just sit out mm-hmm. there. <clears throat> right. Set, yep. All right, Tori. Well, I think we've kind of covered the gambit here and got a good feel for what's happening in your neck of the woods. If if uh, folks wanted to reach out to you and, and pick your brain or ask you some questions about some stuff, how would they do that? Well, they can call me on my, my, my cell phone, which is 308-627-0602 and call me anytime. Or um, I'm on... I'm on all the social media, uh, Tori Siler on Facebook, or I believe at Tori Siler on Twitter. Pretty, uh, pretty simple. Um, but yeah, uh, or, uh, look us up on, uh, Butler, Butler ag or Butler machinery.com and find us that way too. Outstanding. All right, buddy. Well, anybody listen to this that wants to get a moving iron podcast koozie, shoot me, uh, DM me here on Twitter and, and, uh, I'll send you one out and, uh, or yours is in the uh, is in the mail so you should have it here in a couple days actually so awesome awesome right on man all right tori well you take care of yourself and we will catch you down the road you too casey thanks for listening to this edition of the moving iron podcast now part of the global ag network if you'd like to continue any of these conversations you can hit me up on facebook twitter or instagram at moving iron llc you can also send me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com you can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. In the 21st century Hard-working people Working hard for you and me Moving higher Time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving